Good morning, everybody. Ooh, that's loud. Do I need, is it, it seems loud to me. Is it? Okay, maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> well, good morning. It is so good to be here on this beautiful day. Um, I have a lesson here that when you, when you first look at the, the, um, title, you're like, you know, we've, we've talked about trees, we've had lots of teachings, um, not just lately during the seminar, but in seminars past, and um, just, um, you know, here in our services, and um, a few weeks ago, um, during our pre-seminar prayer on that Wednesday night, um, I was praying, um, kind of in the middle of the sanctuary, I guess what we would call like a, the candlestick area, and um, it was a really it was it, it was really a great encounter. And I remember even Pastor talking about I think that evening about the um, you know the, all the angelic movement that was you know going on in the sanctuary during our time of, of intercession. And I really felt that in that moment, kind of like I haven't in quite some time, you know in in prayer and you know we know that you know the heavenly hosts are there but it was just such a strong presence of the Lord and and um, of, of his angels and I saw this this um, I had this vision of this of this lemon tree and I know that there is nowhere specifically in scripture other than unless somebody else um, has found but that um, really talks about a lemon tree per se, other than um, there's a passage in, um, let me, I've got my, too many pages up here because I have my notes and then I have, um, it's in Revelation that talks about the, uh, oh, give me just a second, get myself together here. Yeah, in Revelation where it talks about, um, you know, the, it has different, you know, precious things like gold and silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple and silk and scarlet. And then it says that uh, I think theanos or thiene wood, and that is a citron um, wood. And so it's kind of lumped in there with all of those um, earthly, um, you know, uh, treasures. And so that's really the only place in scripture that I could find that specifically talked about any type of citrus type tree. But, you know, we, like I said, I know we've had um, many teachings lately on, um, on, you know, on trees. And I, my disclaimer is that I am in no way um, a scientist. I, um, I know that Shay had, you know, really brought forth some wonderful teachings over um, over trees and pastor has and I, I just I really studied out over the last couple of weeks just the lemon tree itself and just some characteristics of it and then the Lord just really started showing me some some things as far as our lives and and this connection with um, with the lemon tree and I did put a cute little lemon tree at the top of my um, my lesson there and the reason why I did that is because that's really, that picture right there has been the visual that I have seen ever since the Lord showed me this because it, it depicts the growth 
um, of that particular tree, the, the abundance of fruit that comes from it, and how its branches are springing forth in all directions, and its roots, how they run deep. And um, so I, I just, I've always, I've just, in fact, it was, you know, one of those things that you think, okay, I need to find, I, need, I just need to, after all this happened, I was like, I've got to find a tree of a lemon tree just so I can just really visualize what it looks like, even though I have seen them, you know, in uh, real life and all that, but I've even had one that didn't fare so well at my, my home. <laughs> I think, um, Sandra, don't you have a, a lemon tree or a, is it lemon and lime or mandarin? So, um, but I did not do a very good job of um, keeping mine, but I don't really have a green thumb either, but I really, really tried with this lemon tree. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But I wanted to have that kind of there as a visual to um, to show you the just the aspects of that tree and how, you know, what it looks like. So um, the, the passage that he gave me that evening was um, Ezekiel 47, 12. So I've got that at the top and we'll visit it again later in the lesson. But it says, and by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat. <coughs> whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. So that evening, um, just as kind of a reminder of where, where our prayer focus was. Let me go to that, my page, my notes there. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I knew that was going to be. I was going to do that if I ended up trying to look at two sets of notes there. Thank you, Rick. Um, so, the it says as. Um, so, w what our uh, focus was was to submit ourselves before the Lord in alignment <coughs> with the principles of Gilgal. And then there were some. There were, I think, seven. Um, points there. One of them was place of intimate communion with the heart of God. And so as I was thinking about this lemon tree that evening in the prayer, I was thinking of that with the heart of God, you know, that that is, that's our source, you know, of communion with him and our source of growth in him, that, that heart. And so when I go a little further into the teaching, we're, we're going to discuss an area of the lemon tree where the heart, um, where the heart is. And the place of circumcision, cutting away the flesh, and anything that would hinder us from going forth. And um, I saw in that vision, I saw the limbs of this lemon tree, they were shooting forth in all directions. And it was like they were just growing at a rapid pace. And um, the tree was just becoming more and more full with, with fruit. And um, also that it was a, a place of renewal and I, as, as I you know, thought about that, I thought renewal with um, new, new growth, new fruit, bearing new fruit. And um, also back on that part where I put um, on, the, on the point that was a, um, nothing's <coughs> gonna hinder us from going forth. Um, in that passage in Ezekiel 47, um, I looked at that and I saw where uh, 
we, we won't be consumed. We're not, when you look at some of the, ver the words in that passage um, where it talks about it's not being consumed, that we wouldn't, um, we would not, we're not at a point of completion or, or being finished. Um, we're a place of receiving his burden and embracing his mission. Uh, we're a place of identity as trees of righteousness, aligning ourselves with the fig, communing with God, hearing his voice, gaining insight, and gleaning his directives and mandates. And one of the first things I thought of when I saw this tree, because of the fruit that was, um, you know, growing on there, it was yellow. It was a bright, vibrant yellow, and so automatically my thinking goes to wisdom and revelation. And um, so when I looked at and I aligned it with these um, directives, you know, the gaining of the insight and gleaning of his directives and his mandates and gleaning his wisdom and, and revelation. Um, so I aligned those two things. And then position, the word position to discern the Tobin raw, to pr um, process from a uh, place of purity, partnership in the bearing forth of fruit. So, um, again, and to me, what was interesting, and I put this on the card that I had submitted to Monica, and you know, this not, may not be a huge deal, but sometimes it really speaks volumes to you. When I normally, when we when we come into prayer, and we have a directive, I pick up the sheet, so I know really, you know, how to to really specifically target my intercession. But that night, for whatever reason, I walked in, I didn't pick up this sheet. And um, so at the end, I wanted to go up front and get one after, you know, I had received what I did during prayer. And I didn't want to walk up there when Monica had already started, you know, because I just love attention drawn to myself. Um, <laughs> Y'all know me. Um, so I didn't walk up there. So I texted Ruby because she was sitting like two um, rows ahead of me. And I said, do you have the, the handout? And so she brought it to me and I started looking at this. I was like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm so glad that I did not pick that up just for me because it spoke so much to me. And clearly it's something that's been on my heart for now, uh, what, three weeks. So um, I did not pick that up for a specific reason. I think because the Lord really wanted me to, to see this um, and not necessarily be focused on, um, you know, what specifically I should have been praying for at that moment. But, um, you know, nonetheless, I mean, I felt like I was, I, my, my prayers were completely focused on what it was that he um, wanted me to, to see that evening. But I just put on here that I saw a bright yellow piece of fruit, pieces of fruit on this tree multiplying rapidly on tree limbs that were shooting out in all directions. It reminded me of this passage in Ezekiel um, 47:12. And so we're going to dive into some of the, <clears throat> the verses here. But as I go through the teaching, I'm just going to give you a few facts about lemon trees. Now, you know, you can visit all kinds of sites and find all kinds of information. And, you know, there were some things I was like, yeah, that doesn't apply, that doesn't apply. But there were things that really stood out to me um, as I began to, to study this and to study the scripture. Uh, but one of the things that um, was, to me, really significant is, first of all, that lemon trees are evergreens. I really guess I didn't know that. They're evergreens that grow and thrive in a tropical and semi-tropical climates with full sun. And I guess I knew that in a way. I knew that they probably thrive more in places like Florida and California. But I remember making a trip many years ago to California to see my brother. And in his backyard, he had one lone 
lemon tree. It was huge and it was beautiful. And I had never seen lemons like that before. They were huge. They, um, their, their fragrance was just, I mean, it, it was, I mean, they smelled wonderful. They tasted wonderful. Um, and they, they were just the biggest lemons I had ever seen. Um, but I could see at that moment that they had the perfect, you know, environment to thrive. And um, to know that this particular, you know, tree was in that backyard all completely by itself. But, you know, when I saw that they, they prefer full sun, then I realized, okay, this tree was back there by itself so that it, it could receive that full sun, that it wasn't, you know, really hindered by any other tree that might try to overshadow it or anything like that. But it was receiving what it needed for um, it to, to grow and, and really thrive. And um, so I'm, I'm going to share my contrasting story of my experience with a lemon tree in Dallas, Texas. At some point, in a few minutes, because it was not near as successful as that. Um, so, um, Psalm um, 84, 8 and 12. So, what I tried to do here, and what I mean, the Lord would just show me, you know, different passages as I was studying, but I tried to align what it was that He was showing me. Um, with the lemon tree itself, with things in scripture that would apply to our growth and our, you know, our walk with the Lord. Um, so Psalm 84, 8 through 12 says, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better, or tobe, than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun, and that's that brilliance that, um, that you know, shines forth, and he's our shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No taupe thing will be hit withheld from them that walk uprightly, which is in entirety, integrity, and in truth. O Lord God of hosts, blessed is he is the man that trusteth in thee. And I, what he was showing me here is just reminding, uh, remaining in the brilliant light of the Lord and walking in his truth and trusting in his ways is far better than being anywhere else that we could actually be. Um, you know, again, this, this tree, you know, you know, in in the full sun of the Lord and in that place of uh, being able to receive the nourishment that it needed um, was probably and is the best place that that tree could ever be in order to thrive um, in its purpose and what it was you know supposed to do so remaining in his brilliant light the light of the Lord and um, and in his truth is is you know where we want to be And then Psalm 89, 36 through 37. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful or Amon witness in heaven. And, you know, there I just, um, you know, that establishment and, um, 
and it says his seed shall endure forever and is thrown as the sun before man. And that sun there is the same as the, the word in Psalm 84, 8 through 12, which uh, is the brilliance. I mean, the brilliance of, of, of God, that light. Um, okay, and the next section I put, I labeled it as um, a fragrant offering. So when you think about a lemon tree, and I know, um, I mean, I'm pro pretty sure that most everybody in this room has done this, and I know we all, you know, drink water a lot, but I don't necessarily have never really liked the water that, when I lived in Mesquite, did not care for the water, so I started drinking water with lemon. I had to have something that would just kind of take that, that um, not very good taste away. And um, it's kind of carried over, and garland water is not the best either. But, you know, I try to, you know, drink filtered water or bottled water, but there's just something for me about adding some citrus to it. I mean, I love lime, but I love lemon as well. But it has just such a, a clean, fresh um, fragrance to it. Um, lemon trees are very fragrant, especially when they're in bloom. And uh, many of us uh, diffuse essential oils in our homes, and so we've, you know, used lemon at times. Um, I, I like using it in a little bit of water and, and spraying my cabinets in my kitchen and, you know, cleaning with that. It's just a, such a, it's a fresh, you know, wonderful smell. Um, living in a house that has three dogs, it <laughs> can get kind of smelly, and so, it's one of those things that it doesn't necessarily just mask the smell, but it's like it permeates my whole home um, when I'm, you know, diffusing it or cleaning with it, and it just brings such a, um, an, and like I said, an amazing aroma. Um, and it's much like the incense that's that's lifted up, you know, to the throne of God, and um, so I. I chose a couple of uh, verses here regarding incense and and our prayers and um, Psalm 141 2 let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice and so you know our prayers you know that they would be they would be like as an incense or that that um, that, fro that fragrance that would just really permeate the atmosphere. Check something real quick. Make sure I didn't. Okay, and then Revelation um, 8, 3 through 4. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints, upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. And again, I just put, you know, it's almost like a prayer. Father, let the fragrance of your incense and the prayers of the saints permeate every atmosphere where we, where we are, where we come in contact with, whether it be here, whether it be Brazil, whether it be um, France or wherever we are, that that, that fragrance um, would be so um, powerful and so um, overtaking that, that it would depict a strong presence of the Lord.
And then the next section is uh, the harvest. Okay, one of the facts about a lemon tree is getting the watering requirements right with your lemon tree is crucial for a successful harvest. The trees prefer low to moderate rainfall. During the period of establishment, more frequent watering will be required, even as much as once or twice a week. Once mature, lemon trees develop more drought tolerance. So I thought about that because I thought, okay, um, during that period of establishment or when it's growing and when it's really um, becoming, um, I guess, stable and strong and, um, you know, it says it's crucial for a successful harvest. Well, I can tell you that whenever I got, and here's my story about my lemon tree, that I bought a lemon tree and it was already bearing a little bit of fruit and I was so excited about that. Um, you know, Texas soil is horrible and, at least in my yard it is, and I knew that I would never be able to plant it there and it really thrives. So, you know, I did some reading on it and everything and you could, you know, plant it in a, in a big pot, you know, pot or whatever. I did that. And we don't have much in the way in our house of a place like with real sunlight that comes in other than in one of our bathroom windows. It's kind of like a big bay window. So that's where all my plants are. But there's no way I could ever put the lemon tree in there because it would actually be sitting in my bathtub. And so, so I had this big, I mean, that, the pot that I had it, it was about this big and it was heavy. And so I was having Mark like every now and then, like take, pick this thing up, take it outside, put it out on the back patio and for it to get full sun. And I would bring it back in because I didn't know if it was, especially in the summertime, if it was going to make it through how hot it was um, because of, you know, we don't get the rain that other places get. And so um, I w it would go back and forth, back and forth. And we finally, I finally got those, you know, little cart, whatever thing, wheels, so that it could sit on that. Now, I didn't have a ramp or anything for it to go out the back door, so it still was a little hard lugging it back and forth. But that tree went back and forth, back and forth, because I was determined it was gonna grow. I mean, I, even though, I think I was doomed from the very beginning because my dad was like, you're gonna kill that tree because he knows that I knew that I did not have a green thumb and that I just, you know, but I was determined it was gonna grow. And it did, like I said, produce a few um, pieces of fruit. And I think that's only because it came with it because if it hadn't, I, it wouldn't have, it, it would not have survived. Um, but I really tried. And I mean, and to this day, sad to say, it is a twig out in the backyard still in that, that I should have taken a picture of it because it's out back, but it's a twig. That's it. No leaf, no flower, no blooms, no fruit, but I killed it. And I've talked about getting another one and Mark won't let me get one because he said, you'll just kill it again. So he's probably right. But I would, I mean, especially after all of this and what the Lord has really been speaking to me about that, I needed to go out and get a brand new one just so I could try again. And maybe it would be different because I, now I know a lot about lemon trees. But I still think that they're best. Now, and I'm sure if I went to Sandra's house, I'm sure hers is beautiful and it produces fruit all the time and she uses that in her water at home. 
but not, not me. I, I guess I should know my limitations. Um, but that's, that's my story on that. Um, so I thought a couple of things were really interesting in this, in that it says during the period of establishment, more frequent watering will be required. So you think about, you know, that water, that refreshing, um, the river, you know, in a period of establishment, do we not need to be in that even more? Um, not that we don't need to be more, you know, throughout our walk, but especially in, in the days of, of him establishing us. Um, this says even as much as once or twice a week, but we could probably say daily. But one of the other things that stood out to me was once mature lemon trees develop more drought tolerance. So over the years, when we think about the times that we really depended, and we still do, we still greatly depend on our communion with the Lord. But we've learned over these years that there are going to be times of drought. There are going to be times that we, we don't necessarily feel the presence of the Lord strongly where we are, but we know He's there. And there were times that we just, we basked in His presence all the time, and He was there all the time. And He was training us, and He was teaching us, and He was, you know, just showing us His ways. But I think about just this summer with, to me, what we've really experienced as far as the drought in Texas. I mean, our yard probably looks worse than it ever has. If I wasn't out there watering it every day, which I don't, so our yard looks as bad as my lemon tree would have looked if I had one right now. But, um, but you know, the drought, I mean, there's, it's just not much can live in that. But lemon trees over time and as they grow and they mature, they're able to tolerate that more. So are we not able to tolerate more those times that we feel like we're in a drought, that we feel like we're really um, not receiving all that we really need? We've learned to stand in that. We've learned how to endure um, because we know there are going to be times of that, that fresh water, that, um, you know, that downfall of, of what it is that he's wanting to, you know, rain upon us. But we, we've learned that in between those times that that drought may come, but, but we're able to better handle it because we're more mature in, in what he's, um, where he has us. If anybody has any comments along the way, please feel free to share. Put that right there. Um, okay, so the passage in Mark 4, 26 through 32, and he said, so, the, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed shall spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth, which is apostello, set apart or send out, he'll put in the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? 
with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it's sown, it groweth up, and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And so I just thought that was a really good depiction of, um, of you know, the, the process of bringing forth the harvest. to verse 2 but um, you know in this passage you see where the seed is scattered the seeds spring up and they grow and then that's when the fruit is brought brought forth it's the the blade the ear and the full corn in the ear and that's when the harvest has come um, back in that passage uh, where it says harvest as therismos from therizo which is that reaping and then the, the crop that, that comes forth from that. And then um, the harvest has come, parastime, to stand beside or exhibit um, or proffer or to be at hand. So that's, you know, it, it coming about. Okay, I don't know if I have this on your sheet because I'm looking back and forth between two sheets, but Psalm 1, 1 through 3, blessed is the man that walketh. Um, not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Is in the law of the Lord, in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he'll sh he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so, you know, the, the leaf there not withering, and also in that Ezekiel passage when it talks about the, the leaves, um, it's the same word, I think, that talks about how it won't fall away. It's not going to fail. It's going to bring forth that fruit, and it's not going to fall away. And whatever he does is going to prosper. And that's um, the word salat, which means to push forward. Okay, um, in times of drought, and I was just talking about how um, the... Um, the lemon tree, you know, once it's mature, can really withstand drought at a greater, le a greater level. Um, Isaiah 58, 11, and he, the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. So I feel like that's, you know, we're in that, that same place that even though, um, you know, there may be a season of a drought, and I mean, he's, He's um, bringing forth that water. He's, uh, it's, it says, like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose um, waters, they, they fill not. They don't end. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. 
Thus saith the Lord God, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath, which naked or poor, in the desert dry places, and shall not see when the tobe cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in God, the Lord, and whose hope, which is the refuge or security or assurance, um, the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, which is um, new or, or prosperous, and shall not be careful... And that's like a, a point of anxiousness in the year of drought. Neither shall um, cease or withdraw from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. And, you know, in that place there of, you know, when we're... Um, when our hope is in Him and our, we, we place our, Him as our refuge, um, we're going to be like that tree planted by the waters and, and the roots, you know, you think about the roots and that being like a stabilization, you're not going to be moved easily by, by things. Um, but also I thought it was interesting this, this next part where it says you're, um, that you're not going to see when the heat cometh. So... I felt like, okay, so you're being prepared. So if your trust is in the Lord and, you know, your, your roots are spread out and you're, you know, by the river and when that heat comes, you're not going to really know it. It's not going to really phase you. It's not going to um, draw your attention away, I guess, from um, where your focus should be. But that that, that leaf is going to be new and it's going to be pro prosperous and you're not going to be... In that, in that year of drought or, you know, that place where things don't seem as alive as, as um, they should be or what, you know, you anticipate, but you're not going to be in that point of being anxious or worried or concerned. Um, you're just going to be trusting in Him because, um, and that, that fruit that's coming forth is not going to stop. It's not going to, um, you know, it's, you're, you're going to keep bearing that fruit because, says he's going to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So, you know, that focus and, and, and um, let me look, I'm looking at something here. Just as, so that first, that first part of it, when you look at where it says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and says, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. He will be like the naked or the poor in those dry places, and he's not going to see when the tobe cometh. But, on the other hand, blessed is the man who trusts in God, and his puts his hope in him, and then... Even though you may not see those things coming, 
you're prepared. You're, you know, he's, because of your trust in him and your walk with him, then he's causing you not to be anxious. He's causing you to, um, even in that, that time of drought, to be able to stand in that. And a little note that I put here says, as we trust in the Lord, we seek our refuge in Him. We will be planted by the refreshing, life-sustaining waters. And we won't see when that heat is coming, but we won't be anxious or in want because we're going to be renewed, we're going to prosper in Him, and we're not going to cease from bringing forth abundant fruit. One of the other um, facts about a elementary is that when they're grown outdoors in warm climates, um, they, they grow um, about 20 feet tall and take up to six years to bear fruit. Now there's not a whole lot that I saw in there that I could say spiritually would, that I saw, other than that waiting and abiding in Him is when that fruit's going to come forth. And so I, the passage that I put there was in John 15, 4 through 8. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He, did that, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather him and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in ye, you shall ask what we will, what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so ye be my disciples. And I was thinking about... Um, we have a tree in our front yard. It's some type of oak. I really don't even know what it is. But it's really our only shade tree. We, we actually did used to have a fig tree in our backyard. Nancy probably remembers that because she used to get some figs from us. But we ended up, so I'm not going to go into a spiritual conversation about our fig tree, but we ended up whacking that tree down because it was producing so much fruit that it would drop on the ground and we were having problems with bees and dogs were getting into them and we couldn't get rid of them. Nobody wanted them other than Nancy. <laughs> so and it was weird because they had the tree growing along the fence line in our backyard. So it was like in the back corner. I'm not even sure why they planted it there. So it was like right beside a concrete um, platform thing that we had back there that I guess they probably had a storage unit on. But we ended up cutting that down. But so other than this big tree that we have in our front yard, we really have no shade tree. And so we've been trying really hard to keep this tree, but it's, it's gotten sickly. And recently, um, Mark had um, a guy come out and cut the branches and because they were dead. I mean, you could see parts of the tree that, you know, the leaves were green and then there were like limbs, just random limbs throughout where in the middle of the summertime when you would think that it would be green, um, the leaves were, were falling off, they were, they were brown. And then we find, have found out since, or at least what my neighbor says, and he, he kind of, um, he grows trees and 
and all that, but he, he said we probably shouldn't have cut it that way, but I mean, it's, the whole tree's gonna have to come down eventually. It's not, it's not bearing fruit. It's not, it's not, um, you know, not growing. It's, it's just, it's kind of, it's dead. <laughs> Pretty much dead. I think it's been struck by lightning a time or two, too. I don't know, really. It's got some weird stuff going on with it. But um, my point there is that um, it's kind of like that being cast forth as a branch and being withered and cast into the fire and burned because it's not, it's not producing fruit. It's not, um, it's not showing growth in any way. So it's kind of, kind of useless. It's definitely useless as a shade tree because the leaves aren't growing on it. Um, but when we're abiding in him, we're bringing forth fruit. We're growing, we're continuing to grow in him. We're, um, those places that, that may feel um, dead in us, we're being renewed when we're, we're really, um, you know, abiding in his presence and, and interceding and asking him to renew us daily. Um, that's where our growth is coming from and then we're, we're gonna produce that fruit. One of the things that is kind of interesting about the lemon tree, and I've really never seen one other than in pictures where it was blooming. But from what I understand, they're very pretty and they're very fragrant. So even though like a lemon itself is pretty fragrant, the, the blooms, the flowers are very fragrant. Um, but the, the flower itself is composed of five, it says five fleshy petals carefully arranged in a whorl. Uh, the petals are white with red flecks on the outside and they're supported by a small green calyx divided into five lobes and enclosed an abundance of whitish stamens topped with yellow. So again, I focused on, as I was seeing, you know, this vision of this lemon tree, but also as I was studying, the colors that were involved within this tree, you know, with the green, um, you know, life, supply, prophecy, the yellow with wisdom and revelation. But I thought it was really interesting that the flower itself, and I read this somewhere else, but I couldn't find it again to include it in here because I wanted to be specific with my wording if I put it on here. But there's a place that it says that um, within that, that bloom itself, it's like almost like a a, a star, but it has five points, so it's like five, it's very um, obviously five. And so, you know, my thinking automatically goes to, you know, our, our fivefold offices. And um, so I put, you know, one of the, and I'll go into that passage here in a minute, but our pas uh, passage in Ephesians that talks about the fivefold offices. But also, the lemon tree is generally acclaimed for their ability to grow in poor, under fertile soils. So if that's the case, then maybe, just maybe, if I had planted mine in my backyard, it might have made it. Because I didn't feel like, I mean, the soil is not, to me, it's not the type of soil that things grow well in. But it says that they can grow in poor, under fertile soil. So I was thinking about, you know, our walk and where we are, but also where the places that we um, go to and that are, you know, uh, partnering with us in the, in the network, 
that those may be or they seem like places where um, the area or the soil in which they have to grow is not very fertile. But that's why God is sending us out, and that's why, you know, they come here. I mean, we had, you know, a host here during the seminar so that they can grow and they can go back and um, establish that that terio of um, a fertile land that's, that's rich where growth occurs in him. But so you don't have to be, you know, the people that you say, well, I feel like I'm all alone out here because I'm not in a place where I'm constantly being fed or, you know, here with y'all, but they can, they can grow there. And even in the worst conditions, um, probably in, you know, not necessarily in spite of, but because of the condition that they are in, they truly can grow. And so I thought that was kind of neat because they don't have to have this wonderful, rich soil in order to, um, to function or to grow. They can, you know, given, you know, other things, you know, with the full sun and, and all that, they can't, they can grow. I titled this next section, um, The Work of the Ministry. And the first passage I put there was Acts 12, 24 through 25. It says, says, but the word of God grew and multiplied and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And then I also included the, the verse in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. It says, I have planted He's talking about Paul here, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay, the word of God went forth through his servants, and it did increase. Wherever we are sent, wherever the Father wants us to go, when we are obedient and bring forth his word, there will be an increase, and there will be growth. It occurs when, even in the most poor and seemingly unfertile areas that he sends us, we plant and we water but it's not us that gives the increase, it's the Father. Amen. He does, you know, we do the work that he has called us to do, but he's going to bring that increase, even in those places, you know, and I hope that, you know, if anybody's listening that's, you know, not here with us, um, but they're here with us in spirit, that if you're in a place where you feel like um, you can't grow, you can. Stay tapped into you know, what the Father is asking of you, intercede, stay in tune with the teachings that come forth from this place and our other saints and work churches, and just know that He is going to grow you where you're planted, even if it doesn't seem like um, that it could ever happen. It can, and it does. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the, the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cutting craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things, which is the head of even, which is the head, even Christ, 
from, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which even every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, so again, you know, I, I kind of equated that or linked that to the, the lemon tree and its um, bloom, you know, having the, the five, um, you know, the flower having the five um, petals or whatever, that, you know, that's, that's a point of growth within us and says by, uh, but speaking the truth in love, um, that he's going to grow us in all things and um, that, you know, we're, we're, we're all apart. We all, you know, that, that one little petal of a flower, you know, contains all five of those um, petals but those all five have a function. They all, um, you know, and I, like I said, I kind of link that to the, um, you know, the thoughts and ways of God, what he's wanting to establish in us. But that's also part of, of our growing. He grows us every day in, um, in those areas too. Um, another interesting fact is that lemon trees often bloom while they are carrying fruit. In climates where the winter is not cold, you may see lemon trees with ripe fruit, green fruit, and flowers at the same time. Um, citrus fruit growing on branches may be in all stages of maturity at one time from flowers to ripe fruit. Now, so maybe, maybe Zach has seen a few of those kind of trees in Florida, I'm not sure, but I thought that was quite interesting that in all stages um, of that process of growth can be seen at one time. So, you know, you, you've got that place of um, the green fruit, the, the blooms, and then also ripe fruit. So, um, that's, you know, those are stages of maturity, but, you know, if you look at that as a whole, that would be us. I mean, there, we're, you know, in our network, we're all in different stages of maturity. We're all growing and we're coming to a point, uh, always, um, you know, reaching for that point of maturity that where we're really producing that full fruit, but maybe we're, you know, we're one that's, that, that, um, we're still blooming, we're still you know, getting to that point where we're producing fruit. Maybe we're at that point where we're producing fruit, but it's, you know, still green. We're still learning, which we all are. This, you know, we don't, none of us, you know, know it all. We're all, you know, he's always teaching us and, and, um, and growing us. But then, you know, we have those that are, that are moving in more and of a more mature place of, um, you know, producing ripe, ripe fruit. So I thought that was, that's kind of cool that, you know, all, all three things could be happening at the same time in one tree. Um, lemon trees typically live around 50 years, but they can live up to 100 years when grown in optimal conditions and maintained regularly. So if you look at this in the sense of um, our physical health, I mean, we know, take care of ourselves, you know, eat, like we're supposed to, you know, take in what we're supposed to, don't, you know, take in things we aren't supposed to, 
exercise, do all these things, you know, we could, uh, you know, live a, a long life. But also, um, you know, I, I look at that as, as our, our growth and maturity in Him as well. And um, it says disease prevention and adequate care can boost a lemon's li tree's lifespan, including fertilizer and pruning. So do we not all go through those points of, of pruning? hurts sometimes, but it's, it's part of the process. It's part of um, that growth. Um, you know, what's, what would be our fertilizer, per se? It's intercession, the Word of God. Um, you know, the teachings that come forth. Um, you know, lots of things, but those are the things that we, we, we need in order to be, um, to really grow and mature and Live to be 100 years old. Does everybody want to live to be 100? Um, I, want to, I want to be here and live as long as he wants me here. And in that time, I want to, um, you know, grow. It says in optimal, optimal conditions. I mean, we have choice over that, don't we? You know, if we put ourselves in a place where we can't grow, we won't. But if we put ourselves in a condition or a place where we know that we're going to receive and grow, then that's when we're going to see this life come um, and maintain that regularly. We know that's through our intercession um, with him. Uh, i do this next section as a long life and finding wisdom. Psalm 1611, thou will show or yada. Um, me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore I mean this you know that's the path of life I mean living in his fullness and and you know again that's when I think about fullness when I think about the the tree itself I'm thinking about the fruitfulness that it brings that's its fullness when it's when it's um, producing um, that fruit Psalm 91, 9 through 16, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, thou shalt no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep them in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So that life, bringing life. Okay, let's see, we got about three minutes. This is, you know this is uncharacteristic for me, so. <laughs> um, I might have to skip over a couple of these, but um, does anybody have any comments or before I move on? Okay. Um, 
I'm going to go down to um, Proverbs 3, 13, 23. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are a pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. And um, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Thou shalt uh, walk in thy way safely, and the foot, thy foot shall not stumble. And I included those because of, I, you know, again, I, the Lord really highlighted to me this, that point of wisdom and revelation that comes from that fruitfulness of um, um, the growth that comes. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on this real quick, and then I want to do um, one last section. But um, I've titled this next one, A Heart of Strength. So within the, the tree itself, um, it has a place that's called the heartwood, and it's the central supporting pillar of the tree. And so I'm thinking about our own life and us. You know, our heart is central to our, um, you know, our being. It says, for this, I've kind of found... You know, I mean, I know there's some scriptural principle that we could talk about the, um, you know, heart being desperately wicked and things like that. But this says that although dead, it will not decay or lose strength while the outer layers are intact. A composite of hollow needle-like cellulose fibers bound together by a chemical glue called lignin is in many ways as strong as steel. And I was just thinking about the heart and the strength. That's where my focus um really was drawn to. So um, in Isaiah 35, 1 through 4, I won't read that entire passage there, but it says, Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees, and say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. So that, um, you know, not being fearful, not being anxious, but um, being strong and that being in that strength. And, um, and then in Psalm 27, 11 through 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So that's, you know, again, part of that abiding. Um, citrus trees don't lose their leaves in winter. So, I mean, they're, they're an evergreen. Um, again, back in that Ezekiel 47 passage where it talks about how the leaf shall not fade. It means it will not fall away or faint or wilt. Um, the fruit will not be consumed. Um, it shall bring forth, and I thought this was kind of an interesting wording for that, but that bringing forth is to burst the womb or to bear or make early fruit, um, new fruit according to its months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine or remedy. Uh, Let's see. 
even though I talked about how the citrus tree can, it can survive in um, locations that may not be quite as optimal, it says a poor growing location causes the gradual decline of a healthy young lemon tree. So even though you may be in that place, you don't want to dwell in that place and remain in that place. You want to be a place, um, you know, where you, where you can grow. As we trust in the Lord, hold on a minute, wrong page, sorry. Okay, I think I put this last, this passage of Revelation, if I didn't, this is, like I said, where I um, found the one place where it talks about the citron wood, and um, The last part I really want to focus on for here in the last minute or so is a root of bitterness. Um, if you remember during the seminar, the last Saturday when we were um, all here, um, Kelly brought forth a very powerful word and it was about relationship and restoration of relationships and you know not letting a root of bitterness um, um, you know come in. And something that happened to me pre-seminar, and I'm not going to go into details in any way other than to say that something was said to me by a person very close to me that hurt me probably more than anything that's ever been said to me before in my life by anyone. And when you have someone that's close to you that says that, um, it, can cause, it can cause a reaction. <laughs> Um, and for me, I, I didn't recognize it as such until this word came forth on that Saturday that I was allowing bitterness to really um, well up in me because when it's something that comes forth from a place where you know that, okay, this is not something this person would normally say, you know that it's enemy driven, um, but yet it makes you kind of angry but to a point where you could harbor bitterness towards that individual that that circumstance and it can make you question a lot of things I was getting to that place and I hated that feeling I kept thinking this is not this is not me this is not the way I normally feel and I, I realized someone else said something I have no control over what they said to me I have control over how I'm reacting to the situation but the Lord spoke so profoundly to me to that day and we've talked about the root of bitterness over the years, but it, it, that word, and it, I, I don't think I've ever seen Kelly so evangelistic in my life. It was powerful. And um, I mean, she's, you know, the Lord mildly uses her in many ways, but I've never seen the passion that came forth from her that day because I knew the Lord was, he, he had a word that he wanted her to speak forth and it, it came forth in power, and I haven't even really talked to her about this, but I wanted her, I do want her to know that um, that was such an impactful word. Um, but um, this last verse here, Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, let in, lest any root of bitterness or poison spring springing up or germinating or growing up um, trouble which is something that would crowd you and I was feeling a crowding and an annoyance of, of um, per se and thereby, um, thereby be defiled that that's a strong word I mean you don't we don't want to be at that place and so you know we're gonna have things that are said to us I mean we all have had that 
this was a different situation for me. I've had things said about me and to me that, but, and usually I can just let that kind of, you know, whatever. But this was a different situation, but the Lord knew. He knew that, you know, I needed to hear this word being brought forth, but am I going to continue to grow and produce fruit if I allow that root of bitterness to come into my life? No, I'm not. And so we have to be very careful to let the Lord purge those things from us so that we can produce the fruit that, that He is wanting us to produce. Um, last thing I have to say is I just put the lemon tree study has shown me the importance of remaining in His presence, in His presence, His fullness, receiving those things from Him that will bring life, fruitfulness, moving in His thoughts and ways, and branching out to newer and greater walks with Him. That's my teaching. Anybody have any questions or comments? I, I, I can say the similar thing happened to me a few weeks before seminar. Somebody said something and somebody else chimed in, and it was one of those, I knew it was the enemy, but I, it, it hurt. And I, for like two days, I just cried. And I just kept, you know, mulling over. And I finally went before the Lord, and I just laid, and I couldn't even pray. And it was just like, Lord, you know, those words that were spoken, that is not me. That is not my heart. That is not how I function. And so I just had to lay it before the Lord, and the Lord just said, it's their heart. Those two people, it's their heart. Yeah. And, and he just like, you know, just like helped me to see it was an assignment. So during the seminar, I found myself continuing in this atmosphere of, Lord, what else is there? And so I, during the seminar, I made a list of things that I just wanted to lay before the Lord, you know. And it was just, to me, it was, and I shouldn't be astounded, but it's like the Lord just like, he just like wiped all those things that I wrote down that have been like irritants or agitations or you know, things that I myself, it's me, that I i have bits I've held on to. And so it, he just kind of just took all of it. And it has been, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I've been wiped clean. It's refreshing. I mean, yes. it's. And I just yeah. keep going before the Lord and I just keep thanking him because I didn't even realize those little remnants were still there. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I was, I was grateful that that interaction happened, that I went before the Lord, and then I, he just had me continuing to jot down throughout different sessions and things like that. And so I was so grateful, and I am grateful that he's just yeah. like, whoosh, and it's like, thank you, Lord. It can be so subtle, too, because yeah. I, you know, I was just, it was it started off as eye rolls and like, yeah, whatever, you yeah. know. And yeah. then it became more and more just like, I can't believe she said that. I can't believe this, you know. Why would she say that? And this is, yeah. you know, I, and I knew that I was, I was getting to a place of bitterness with that and yeah. can't have that. Some interesting thoughts about, um, I was thinking about the church. There's different kinds of limits. And the one I think that you saw in California, they're just they're this big, mm -hmm. and they're called ponderosa lemons. And they're big, and everybody just thinks they're fabulous, and you know, they, but they don't have hardly any juice in them, and they have a real thick rind. Yes, they did. 
in many recipes or anything. Yeah. And then there's the normal lemon that we get in stores. You know, sometimes it's juicy and sometimes it's dried, but that's the one we see all the mm -hmm. time, the common one. But then our tree is, I just bought it as a lemon tree, but it has Meyer lemons. Those are the best. And the Meyer lemons, <laughs> it takes about four regular lemons to produce what the juice of one Meyer mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just thinking how the different churches, you know, some are just gigantic and all show, and some are good sometimes, and, but kind of dry. And then there's the really the juice of the fruit, the ones yeah. that really produce. So I was thinking you were giving all your examples yes. of different ones. And also what a constant um, joy it is. And we just love it so much. I know Barry wants to pick the fruit a lot of times, and I won't let him. I'll use it only for lemon cake. We've got to say that word when I bake cake. But uh, it's a constant. And then I also said when we were selling our house on Maplewood, we had our tree and it had lemons on it. And it's distorted and it's not a beautiful tree but when those lemons are there they they hang they're beautiful mm -hmm. and we put it out and you could see it from every room the main rooms of the house and i said i think that lemon tree sold the house because <laughs> it was during the pandemic and people would you know only could come in one at a time and they'd look at the house there was this beautiful the sun would come over the house and shine just on the lemon tree. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think that but lemon tree sold the house. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was just another characteristic. So. I like that. I would have bought your house for the owls. Hmm? I would have bought your house for the owls. The owls. The owls. The owls. Oh, the owls. <laughs> that tree fell down. You want me just close it or anybody else or? Thank you, Trish. All right, well, Father, I just thank you for this day, and I just ask that you would continue to um, just, you know, work in us a great work and that you would just um, help us to be fruitful and that we would just grow and go forth in all that you want us to do and as we go forth into worship and to the word that you would just um, bless, bless pastor, bless the worship team as they um, hear from you and bring forth um, what you have for them to, to bring forward today. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. And I don't know who next week is. Katie. Katie. Katie Sparrow.